0: Howdy, 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 and welcome to Thriving in the Transition, the podcast. People, this is episode 13. Yes, lucky number 13. But don't worry, I burned some incense, I splashed the microphone with holy water, and I even sacrificed a chicken. Well, okay, it was a spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's, but a chicken was killed somewhere at some point. Anyway... We should be well-covered and protected from any bad luck juju, if you believe in that sort of thing. I'm humbled and blessed to be able to bring you this podcast and to be part of your lives. Yeah, I know I say it every week, but it's because I mean it. Your feedback, encouragement, and connection make it all worthwhile. Doing this and connecting with you is truly Truly amazing and inspirational for me, and I hope that you feel the same. What's more, I'm starting to see you all connect with each other, which is super, super cool to be a part of. So, yay me, yay you, and yay us. As we continue to grow and broaden our audience here, go ahead and give us that five-star rating. Follow us, subscribe, add positive comments, like us. Or give us a thumbs up. What I'm ultimately trying to say, what I try to say every week, you should connect and engage with us. We're worth it. We won't waste your time. I promise. We're now up and available on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify, and maybe even a few that I'm not even aware of. We're, we're all over. Just search for us wherever you listen to great podcasts. We strive to be among that list of great podcasts that you listen to and ultimately find useful. Why am I doing this? The answer is, well, in fact, it's the same answer that I give my children sometimes. Because. That's why, damn it, because. I dare you to go tell your mother. Oh, by the way, it's Mother's Day today. Happy Mother's Day, Cal. The truth is simply this. I want to practice what I preach. I absolutely believe that part of my purpose in this life is to connect with others and to help bring folks together. I want to highlight and ultimately exemplify the fact that we've got more in common than we do in difference. Yes, of course, the differences are much easier to identify. But discovering and appreciating those commonalities, that's so much more fun. So, yeah, that's partly why I'm doing this. The other part, or the rest of the story, as to why I'm doing this, is that I want to shine a light, a bright, shining light, on those slightly enigmatic, charismatic, and inspirational people among us. I want their stories about thriving in the transition Help you. The theory being that hearing other people's stories of success will give anyone that may be struggling with motivation or encouragement that ability to continue to thrive in their own respective transitions. So, today is usually where I would introduce a guest, but you're stuck with me, and I hope that's okay. Well, to be honest, it kind of has to be right. You already downloaded this episode or hit play, so you might as well listen to the whole episode. All right, deal with it. But I do promise you won't be disappointed. Today, I want to talk about choices. Choices are everything in a transition. Choices are the difference between getting the job or not. They're the difference between meeting the love of your life Or sitting home alone all by yourself. Maybe even in the dark. Choices are even the determining factor between happiness and dissatisfaction. And I'm not talking about choices in being right or wrong or making a good choice or a bad choice. I want to talk about choices in terms of being responsible for those choices and their outcomes versus Choices to become a victim and blaming the world for the outcome of those same choices. You are with me? Does that make sense? Before I get into things too much, you know I like to go to the internet and give some definitions of things just to make sure we're on the same page. In this case, I want to talk about the definition of those three things, choice, responsible, And victim, right? I just, again, want to level set to make sure we're there. So choice. It's got four different definitions that I'll run through. One, an act or instance of choosing. A selection. For example, her choice of a computer was made after months of research. His parents were not happy with the choice of friends. Two, the right power or opportunity to choose. An option. The child had no choice about going to school. Three, the person or thing chosen or eligible to be chosen. This book is my choice. He is one of many choices afterward. And the last one, simply an alternative. There is another choice. So where we're talking, where we're going to play is likely that first one, right? The act or instance of choosing, making a selection. The coolest thing to me about choice is that you always have one. Always. There's never a situation where you don't have a choice. Now, granted, I will completely admit the choice may be difficult, or you may not want the perceived outcome, or You may not even like it, but it's always a choice. You always have that choice. Here's the thing that I really appreciate about choice. If you don't like the results that you've been getting in life, choose differently. We all tend to have a pattern in the way we make choices, the way we make decisions. Understanding those patterns is key And typically, the best way to see one of those patterns is to look at your results. So if you don't like the results that you get, choose differently. It's that simple. The definition of responsible. Right, there's several here, and as I'm looking at my notes, I won't run through all of them, but I'll I'll hit the the top three uh, for the definition of responsible. Number one, answerable or accountable. As for something within one's power, control, or management, right? he is responsible to the president for his decisions. Two, involving accountability or responsibility, as in having the power to control or manage. This person was promoted to a responsible position within the firm. Uh, Three, chargeable with being the author, cause, or occasion of something, usually followed by four. Here's an example. Termites were responsible for the damage. You get the idea, and what I'm talking about here is likely a combination of all three of those things. The thing with being responsible or responsibility, there's power in being responsible, in responsibility. Being responsible, to me, also has an illusion of being present and in the moment. There's also an implied capability, meaning I'm capable of having an impact on my life and my life situation, ultimately my destination. Anything else, anything short of that means giving up, surrendering, and letting things happen by chance. Now, last week, you heard me talk about this, this little piece of myself with Lucy Coelho in episode 12. Sometimes instead of just being... I lean towards being responsible. I personally find it difficult not to be responsible, even in those times where I don't need to be or where I don't have to be. That's my stuff. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress just like everyone else. But that's where responsible, being responsible, responsibility lands for me. Now that third term, that third word, victim. The definition of victim a person who suffers from a destructive or injurious action or agency as in the victim of an automobile accident Two, a person who is deceived or cheated as by his or her own emotions or ignorance by the dishonesty of others or by some impersonal agency. For example, a victim of misplaced confidence, the victim of a swindler, a victim of an optical illusion. Third, a person or animal sacrificed or regarded as sacrificed. War victims. So the one thing I'll say about victim right now, that spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's, that was clearly a victim. That was sacrificed to my appetite. Short of that, we're likely talking about a combination of the previous two, uh, not the sacrificing victims or war victims or anything like that. Likely the one that talked about being deceived or cheated by his emotions or ignorance or, or something like that. One of the most offensive descriptions in the world to me is being called being considered, or being thought of as a victim. That probably doesn't surprise you, given what I just said about uh, being responsible and even taking on responsibility when I don't need to or have to. That victim word actually happened to me during a 360 review at a leadership conference at a former employer, and this was years ago. So a 360, if you're not aware, it's where you get feedback from direct reports, people you report to, and peers. So it's that 360-degree look of you, your performance, your personality, your leadership, all of those things, and it usually comes in the form of, of questionnaires. And there's usually some open space for free-form responses, open-ended responses where people can, in essence, just, just tell you what you think. And the point, having that information will help you improve as a leader. Well, for me, one of the open-ended comments said something about me being a victim and how I chose to let things just happen or blame other people for my circumstances, which I thought was incredibly laughable. And others in the group very quickly picked up on how much that impacted me, partly because none of them could see me that way either. And clearly, it's, it stayed with me, hence me talking about it years later on this podcast. Victims, in general, are the opposite of the responsible. Victims have no power. Life happens to them solely on the whims of fate or the permission of others. They're captives to circumstance. Now, I can wax poetic about these three topics all day. Just go and talk and rant and rave. That's not my intent. I want to explore today's topic by using various quotes or pieces of conventional wisdom. There are a ton of them out there. Just search for any one of those things, quotes on being a victim, quotes on being responsible, quotes about choices. There's a ton. You'll find a lot of them. And you hear them every day. So much so that you may not even recognize them. Now, I used very intentionally the phrase conventional wisdom, meaning the ideas and theories have been time-tested and are generally accepted as being true or relevant. Personally, there's a time and place for conventional wisdom, simply because what works for Fred, Bobby, or Jenny may not work for you. In this case, however, this is one of those topics where I truly believe Conventional wisdom absolutely applies regardless of the individual or the transition. So all that being said, all that being built up here, let's go ahead and jump into this topic of choice, responsibility, and victim mentality right after this little break. Intro and Outro Music by Genesis 7. You can listen to more of his music on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, or wherever you stream your music. Just search for Genesis 7. That is G-E-N-E-S-I-S, and then the number 7 directly behind it. If you're interested in purchasing music from him, shoot him a note on the contact form on his website at genesis7productions.com. All right, folks, welcome back. Thanks for returning after break. So I said I'm going to talk about conventional wisdom around choice, responsibility, and victim mentality. And the way that I'm going to do this is through other people's words, hence that conventional wisdom moniker that I used. So I've selected 10 quotes for each of those topics. I'm going to share those quotes with you. If needed or applicable or relevant, I'm going to give my views on those quotes. A lot of them will stand alone. And I think you'll get a really good understanding of that concept or each of those three categories that go into the foundation of this episode. And they're from people that you know, people that you respect, people that you love and value. And I'm not just talking about me with this one. Other people. So here we go. Conventional wisdom around choice. We're, these these next 10 quotes are all going to have to do with choice. And mind you, they're in no particular order. I thought that would defeat the purpose because each of these is going to land differently for everyone that hears them. Some of you are going to agree. Some will not. Some, they won't resonate whatsoever with you. But they all deal with the topic at hand. In this case, uh, it's choice. So the first one, may your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. Nelson Mandela, I honestly love this one. To me, this goes to the very definition of choice. The choices you make should reflect what you want, what you hope to have happen, the goals that you are pursuing. Not your fears, but many of us will make choices that lead directly into our fears or make choices from a place of fear, which still contributes to not reaching your goals or your dreams or reflecting your hopes. So, Nelson Mandela was the first one. We've got one by Martha Beck now. Every day brings new choices. That's it. Straightforward, simple, to the point. I find this true. Every day does bring new choices. You've got the opportunity every day to choose, to make decisions, to help get you to where you want to be in life. Conversely, you have an equal opportunity to do the opposite, to make choices that keep you where you are, make choices to silence your own voice, make choices to hide your light. And if that happens... Fine. You're human. We're all human. We've all done that at some point. The power of Martha Beck's quote here you've got the opportunity to do it again the next day. Tomorrow is a new day. Number three here life is a matter of choices, and every choice you make makes you. John C. Maxwell said that. I am a absolute firm believer that we are the sum of our experiences and our experiences are the sum of our choices. You are made by the choices that you make. That's why if you are not responsible, you clearly fall into that victim. And I'm jumping categories here, so I'll, I'll rein myself back in and stick to the topic at hand. Right, right now, we're talking about choice. John C. Maxwell's words, I think, are incredibly relevant and on point. All right, moving on. This one I really like, and you'll find out for a good reason why I really like this one. I believe we are solely responsible for our choices, and we have to accept the consequences of every deed, word, and thought throughout our lifetime. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, folks. If you remember, she was the basis of our episode... Seven of Mice, Men, and Coronavirus. She did the work on the phases of death and grieving and is so incredibly relevant. Right now, as coronavirus is still here and we're getting frustrated and upset, and people want to leave, people are choosing to disobey stay at home orders. People are choosing to arm themselves and storm capitals in various states. People are choosing to open beaches and continue the prolonged risk. Elizabeth quite aptly states, I believe we are solely responsible for our choices. And we have to accept the consequences of every deed, word, and thought throughout our lifetime. So remember, there's a consequence for every choice that you make. Next one. Choices are the hinges of destiny. Edwin Markham. Now, this one's short, concise, and to the point. However, it may be slightly confusing. My translation or definition of this, hinges meaning as in a doorway, right? They allow that door to open or close, to swing one way or the other. It is the choices you make that define How far that door swings open, does it swing in or out, does it stay open once it's open, does it close immediately, or does it open at all? In that sense, choice is incredibly powerful, just like you've heard in the quotes up to this point, but I like the way Edwin added that visual. Now, hopefully my translation or definition helped you a little bit. All right, we're halfway through. Next quote. No matter what the situation, remind yourself, I have a choice. Now, I wanted this to be so much deeper and so much more airy and, I I don't know, mystical. Especially since it's from Deepak Chopra, right? Deepak Chopra simply, in layman's terms, nails it. And I firmly believe that. In fact, I said it in the intro of this episode You always have a choice no matter what, no matter the situation, no matter where you are, no matter what you've been through, no matter where you're going. You always have a choice. But sometimes you need to be reminded of that. And Deepak Chopra nails that for us. All right, moving on. It is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. Tony Robbins. The man needs no introduction whatsoever. Whether you love him or hate him, you still know who he is. And what I like is how it's related to Edwin Markham's, right? Edwin's, choices are the hinges of destiny. Tony's, it's in the moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. Slightly different visual, though. Again, the choice means that you have control. You have input. You can affect your destiny and how it is shaped through those moments of decision. So lots of really good stuff here. I'm so glad I did this and use conventional wisdom because I would have done research and reinvented the wheel here for no reason whatsoever. So two more here, uh, three more, uh, as I count, here we go. Remember there are no mistakes, only lessons, Love yourself, trust your choices, and everything is possible. Cherie Carter-Scott's. Again, every day is a new day. Every day, every choice, every decision is an opportunity to learn, to improve, to move forward. And the critical message from Cherie Carter-Scott's is that don't penalize yourself, right? So many of us, We'll blame ourselves, or if we slide into full victim mentality, blame everyone else. But we blame ourselves, oh, that didn't go well, I made the wrong decision, that worked out poorly, I should have known better, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't strong enough, I wasn't brave enough. All that falls away. Love yourself. That's key here, and Sheree Carter-Scott nailed that. So even as you make choices, you will not make all the right choices. No one ever does. Sometimes there's limited information, limited visibility, limited resources, whatever. But you still need to make a choice. Because ultimately, not making a choice is a choice. But there are only lessons. Love yourself, trust yourself, and your choices. All right, now there's two to go. Destiny is no matter of chance. It is a matter of choice. It is not a thing to be waited for. It is a thing to be achieved. William Jennings Bryan. Amazing little quote here. Now, I think he captures the way that I view choice. You always have an input into your life. You always have the ability to impact your life. It's not a matter of chance. It just doesn't happen. Careers, relationships, love, life, dream jobs, goals don't fall from the sky. There isn't anyone walking around the streets of the world with a a silver tray and a lid saying, here you are, sir. Here's everything that you wanted. That's chance. But instead, it's a matter of choice. You can choose to set the goal. You can choose to go out and make it happen. You can choose to build the community. You can choose to share your vision and dreams with others. You can choose to learn from other people's vision and dreams. You can choose to believe that we've got more in common than we do in difference. Destiny is a matter of choice. And don't wait for it. If you wait for it, one day you're going to wake up and life is over. Opportunity is gone. And then you're going to regret things, right? Waiting for it implies that You don't have control and just wait and be patient and it's going to come. I instead choose to believe that you go make it happen, as William Jennings Bryan does here. It's not a thing to be waited for. It is a thing to be achieved. So go out and achieve and go out and make it happen. Go out and get it. Just do it. Any of those cute little advertising phrases that come to mind summed up here. And that quote was a thing of beauty in my humble opinion. Last one, as we talk about choice and conventional wisdom and the quotes that support it. It is our choices that show what we truly are far more than our abilities. I'm going to say that one again. It's our choices that show what we truly are far more than our choices. J.K. Rowling of... Harry Potter fame of all the books and the movies. And, and I'm not a fan at, at all. However, this quote is starting to, you know, be my tipping point. Uh, I'm, I'm leaning towards being a fan here because it is our choices that show who we are. It's not the ability because if it were simply ability, we can dismiss so much. Oh, that didn't happen because I wasn't able to. Oh, they got that because they're better suited than I. They've got the ability. Oh, there's no way for me to get the ability. To get the ability, I would have had to spend money on a degree or certification or get experience or it takes amount of, a certain amount of time to develop the ability. All circumstances. I don't care how you chalk it up. All circumstances. Right? Don't get me wrong. Ability is important, is key, but you can go out right now and get whatever ability you need. In fact, I'm going to assert that you've already got the abilities that you need to get whatever it is you want. Therefore, it is only choice that shows who you are. Just like JK says, because here's the thing. You can have all the abilities in the world and choose not to use them, to squander them, to put them on the shelf, to hide them under a bushel. Oh no. To let your light shine or not. See what I did there? Little Sunday school song reference with the hiding your light under a bushel. Anyway, it's not about abilities because you know people that have amazing, amazing abilities and choose not to use them, choose not to display them, or choose to use them in a counterproductive way. So it's our choices that show who we truly are, not our abilities. All right, folks. That was the ten quotes or pieces of conventional wisdom surrounding choice. If you're not won over that choice is a critical part of thriving in the transition, I I, I was going to say, you know, there's no hope for you, but that's not true. There's always hope. If you believe that choice is not that critical part, keep listening uh, because combined with responsibility and the, the conventional wisdom around being a victim, you're going to come back to it. I believe you have no choice but to understand that choice plays a huge part in your transition and how you thrive or flail in that transition. But now we're going to move on to the next topic, responsibility. If there were those quotes on choice, responsibility is going to be just fabulous. And I'll tell you right now, it is. Most of these people, you're going to know, hands down a couple, you may not. But that's part of the fun of relying on conventional wisdom because it is conventional. It doesn't have to only come from famous people or well-known people or experts in any certain field. It's conventional. It can come from your neighbor, your wife, your friend. And that's one thing that I'm really trying to highlight and take advantage of in some of the memes that I post and some of the social media that I post on Instagram. If you don't follow me, follow me. Go ahead and, and look But your friends, the people that you know, say some amazing things that are incredibly poignant and relevant to life. All you have to do is listen, be present, be in the moment, and the impact that you need that you're looking for is there. It doesn't have to be these famous people that I'm quoting. It can be from anyone. Hence the phrase conventional wisdom. So... Be on the lookout. Listen for what is impactful to you. All right. Conventional wisdom around responsibility. We're starting off with a heavy hitter here. Winston Churchill. The price of greatness is responsibility. You can't help, at least for me, being a geek. Uh, Anyone else thinking of Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility. Same thing here you have a certain amount of responsibility with your greatness because your greatness wasn't just handed to you. You earned it. If you've got a place of influence, of power, of greatness, you have a responsibility to yourself, to others, the society as a whole. All driven by the fact that we've got more in common than we do in difference. Yes, that's my little spin on it. But all that to say you're not alone As Lucy Coelho said, and again, a friend, a co-worker, a colleague who is not yet famous, but I expect her to be very, very shortly, and I'm going to ride those coattails as far as she'll let me. But anyway, you were not put on earth to be solitary. Humans were meant to be social. Your strengths were not just given to you to fix your broken pieces. There is a responsibility with great. So Lucy got that. Lucy has tremendous quotes around that. So does Winston Churchill. Next one. The man who complains about why the ball bounces is likely to be the one who dropped it. Lou Holtz. Now this one on the front end, it is not about blame. It is not about blaming the person that's blaming why the ball dropped that's that's not it whatsoever however i think it's more about a very human tendency because those people that are truly responsible will never complain about the way the ball bounces because they understand that life happens that the ball likely bounced or was dropped Because of a choice, they take responsibility for it. Tomorrow's another day to make that choice. Now I'm blending back up to that first category, but I think it's relevant here. And these three categories of choice, responsibility, and being a victim are all related, they're all interwoven. So instead, Lou Holtz goes for the obvious tip with those people that complain that have the most to do with a situation. Or they are complicit in that responsibility by not doing anything in the first place. Backseat drivers, armchair quarterbacks, all of these phrases, I think, apply to what Lou Holtz is talking about. Well, they should have done blah, blah, blah. Well, if I were governor, I would have blah, blah, blah. Well, Donald Trump needs to blah, blah, blah. The man who complains about the way the ball bounces is likely the one who dropped it. Instead of complaining about what's going on or why the ball bounces, what have you done to prevent it from dropping in the first place? Have you used your skills, your strengths, your passions to ensure that the ball never bounces or that everyone has a good grip on the ball or that everyone has the equal opportunity to have the ball? Because right now in our country, let's be honest, only certain groups of people are allowed to have the ball. Yes, I said it, damn it. So when they drop it, we're all over it. Oh, well, they messed up. There they go again. I think that's a natural human reaction. And I'm going way deeper on this than I intended to. But all of that is rolled up into Lou's simple quote. What are you doing? What can you do to improve the world? simply what it comes down to. All right. I'm going to go ahead and move on from this one. You must take personal responsibility. You cannot change the circumstances, the seasons, or the wind, but you can change yourself. Jim Rohn. That goes back into my earlier definition, right? Responsibility has a power to it. It has a capability. There are certain things that you absolutely can't control. You can't control the wind, You you can harness its power, but you can't change it. You can't change the seasons. Winter's going to come. Fall's going to come. Spring's going to come. Summer's going to come. But you can prepare yourself for each of those seasons. There's a responsibility there. There's more so a personal responsibility there. And if you lived your life with that personal responsibility, being responsible and accountable for your life, for those lives of the people that matter to you, there's no place to complain. Circumstances have zero to do with it. And it's all about changing yourself. That's what thriving in the transition is all about. There would be no change in yourself without a transition. That's why the transition exists because you're changing yourself. And hopefully you're in control of that change versus circumstances forcing you to be there then things are so much more difficult that's why this podcast exists to shed a light on that fact and the people that have done well in those transitions as you change yourself circumstances don't matter thanks jim all right in the long run we shape our lives and we shape ourselves The process never ends until we die. And the choices we make are ultimately our own responsibility. How common is that? How powerful is that? How straightforward? No pretension. No airs, as my grandma would say, she's putting on airs. No, she's that you couldn't be any more straightforward than that. Eleanor Roosevelt said that, folks. I'm not even going to try to add anything to that because that's just so straightforward and to the point. Next one. Most people do not really want freedom because freedom involves responsibility, and most people are frightened of responsibility. Sigmund Freud said that, but you can't tell anyone that. One, it's easier to see other people's stuff than your own, so that's part of the issue, right? It's, oh, that's their problem there. Nobody wants to hear about their problems from you. (laughs) That's part of the deal. Freedom isn't free. There's a certain amount of responsibility that comes with it that harkens back to everything that we talk about. The price of greatness is responsibility. Winston Churchill, Sigmund Freud is saying something very, very similar. On the front end, we all want it. Everybody wants something for nothing. I want freedom, give me my freedom, it's my amendment, whatever, right to do whatever. No, it's not. Every freedom you have comes with responsibility. Until you accept the responsibility, exercise the responsibility, there's really no freedom. Or not to the fullest extent that it should or could be. Fill me on that, and I've I've thrown some intentional pauses there. To me, this is way deeper, and of course it's going to be deep coming from Sigmund Freud. So any noise that you hear about lift stay-at-home orders, open the economies, you made this bad decision, blah, 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 my freedoms are hurt, I can't stay in my house with my 65-inch TV and Wi-Fi and all the food I could possibly eat because I bought all the toilet paper and all the meat as soon as I heard there was a potential shortage and I can afford to, freedoms are hurt. Stop whining. Take some responsibility. And, oh, I caught myself. Apologies. That was a really large soapbox I was on. I had to drive that point home. But Sigmund, I I agree. Most people do not really want freedom because freedom involves responsibility and most people are frightened of responsibility. Okay, I'm going to move on. I have to move on. Otherwise, you're you're not going to come back to the podcast and I really want you to because this is some really good stuff here. Okay, we are made wise, not by the recollection of our past, but by the responsibility for our future. George Bernard Shaw. I'm glad we shifted gears there. This is way more positive. You can look at the past, right? We can lament it. It's not about looking at the past and being happy or sad or dissatisfied or frustrated or whatever, but you have the responsibility to your future. You control where your future is going. You have an input. You have an impact. You've got the power to do something more than just reflect. To me, that's what George Bernard Shaw is saying. And as you recollect the past, as you reflect, reflection is an amazingly powerful thing. However, it's typically used best in order to impact the future. I said it already in this episode. If you don't like the results that you've gotten or that you are getting, make different choices. Choose differently. That's exactly what he's saying. It's not looking at the past alone that makes us wise. But the responsibility of our future, that looking at the past, gives us that insight, that additional power to make different choices. That's where the power is. Okay, next one. You cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. Abraham Lincoln. Drop the microphone right there. Abraham Lincoln said this, you cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. My grandmother would always say, and I think I've used this quote on this podcast already, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Slight difference. However, the point is still there. Responsibility doesn't leave because you get to a place of greatness or a certain level of achievement. That responsibility comes with it. It's part of that station. um, I don't know why. I've been quoting the station by Robert Hastings almost every episode. So Steve Ryman, thank you for reminding me of that and bringing it forward because it applies to so much of what we do and to so much of what we struggle. And in this case, you can't dwell on the previous station, what has happened. You can't necessarily dwell or be afraid of the upcoming station. But take the responsibility right now at the current station. You can't avoid it. Don't try to evade it. Because that responsibility will help you get to the next station. Hopefully that's not too super convoluted. I think you follow me. You are all brilliant people. Here's another short and sweet one. And I really like it. In dreams, begin responsibilities. That's W.B. WBH. Simple. I love it. It's poetic too, right? My takeaway, even in your dream, and, and we all have dreams, but as I said, dreams just don't poof, mystically happen. There's a certain amount of responsibility that you must take on in order to achieve your dreams or to make sure that that dream is fulfilled. Once you have the dream, now you know how to get started. Now you know where you need to improve or change or do something different or take on additional responsibility. Now it's time for Martin Luther the King. The time is always right to do what is right, Martin Luther King Jr. And I love how some of these do connect. Martin Luther King Jr. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln said you cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. Don't avoid it. Don't evade it. Don't put it off. The time is always right. But I'm scared. The time is right. But I don't know how. The time is right. But I don't have the community. The time is right to do what is right. Here's a long one from Stephen Covey. And I like it because, again, Stephen's really practical, and he breaks it down. His quote, look at the word responsibility, response ability, the ability to choose your response. Highly proactive people recognize that responsibility. They do not blame circumstances, conditions, or conditioning for their behavior. Their behavior is a product of their own conscious choice based on values, rather than a product of their conditions based on feeling. Stephen Covey. He just put all of those quotes together and wrapped them up in one and even gave you this visual for the word responsibility. Response ability, Able to have a response. Able to respond. Completely brilliant, Stephen. Thank you for that. Again, conventional wisdom. So if some of these are like, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. That's the point. That's why it's called conventional wisdom. That's why all of these people have quotes. That's why a lot of these resonate with you. That's the intent. That's the goal. All right. Now let's talk about victims, victimhood, victim mentality, and the conventional wisdom there. So I said early on, being a victim is the opposite of being responsible. And I think you'll see it. The cool thing about these quotes, they kind of fell into two categories, right? The one of, yay, don't be a victim, you can do it. And two, hey, this is what it's like being a victim. They both apply. So let's go ahead and get started. And I love the people here, like uh, all over the the map of history. Don't let me be the judge. You you tell me uh, what resonates with you. Okay. No one saves us but ourselves. No one can and no one may. We ourselves must walk the path. Buddha. How can you argue with Buddha? You can't. You have to do the work. You have to be responsible. So this isn't calling out victims necessarily, but saying, don't be that victim. Don't let life happen to you. No one can save us but ourselves. No one can and no one may. We ourselves must walk the path. Buddha. Here's one from Mahatma Gandhi. No one can hurt me without my permission. Simple, almost sweet, even. So even as you root yourself firmly in a cocoon of victimization, no one can hurt you without your permission. Even in the deepest sense of victimhood, there is responsibility. No one can hurt you without your permission. What responsibility did you have in that hurt? To me, that's what Mahatma is saying here. The world just doesn't happen to you without your permission. You at some point made a choice to allow that hurt in, to allow it to happen. That's why I said being responsible has power. If you don't see that, reflect, look. And we'll we'll try and wrap this up here shortly at the end and get you to a, a better place. But nobody can hurt me without my permission. Mahatma Gandhi. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. Marcus Aurelius, ancient Greek ruler, coming out of the box with tremendous words. Translation, don't be a victim. No, you can't control circumstances, like you can't control the wind, but realize there are certain things that you can't control, but you've got power over your mind, and there you will find strength. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Moving on, because these these are really good, so I want to get through all of these. Trust yourself. Create the kind of self that you will be happy to live with all your life. Make the most of yourself by fanning the tiny inner sparks of possibility into flames of achievement. Golda Mir. If you don't know Golda, look her up. Amazing, amazing woman. Some of you are like, of course I know who Golda Mir is. Great for you. Not everyone does. To me, for anyone that's in that victim place, that the world is happening to them. This is pure motivation, right? Fan the tiny inner sparks of possibility into flames of achievement. AKA, you can do it. That simple. Here's a good one. Never be bullied into silence. Never allow yourself to be made a victim. Accept no one's definition of your life. Define yourself. Harvey Firestein, just a tremendous thing. Again, taking that responsibility, defining who you are, you can do it, taking what you want. You have a voice, use your voice, set your goal. All of those things I put into onto his words because I think they absolutely apply. And I know some of us feel bullied. As such, we've learned or made a choice to not speak up. His words say, don't be bullied in silence. You've got a voice for a reason. Use that voice. You can do it. Never allow yourself to be made a victim. Never allow yourself to be made a victim. That's how strong Harvey Firestein's words are. Accept no one's definition of your life except your own. Again, things are just flooding back to me. Now it's Lucy Quello. Last episode talked about being defined by others. No, define yourself. Victims allow themselves to be defined by other people, by the circumstances, by deficiencies. Never allow yourself to be in that place. Define yourself. Here's one by Laura Schlesinger. When you're the victim of the behavior, it's black and white. When you're the perpetrator, there are a million shades of gray. Uh, That's making me smile because it's so easy when you're a victim, right? They did it to me. That happened. They did it to me. That didn't happen. Black and white. But if you're now responsible, there's all kinds of shades of gray, which means you've got room to maneuver. You've got the ability to improve. You can do something about where you are and what you want. All right. The victim of mind manipulation does not know that he is a victim. To him, the walls of his prison are invisible, and he believes himself to be free. Talk about deep. This may be my favorite here. Aldous Huxley, author of The Brave New World, as well as many other amazing, amazing pieces of work. It's my right to say whatever I want. I've got the right to bear arms. What kind of invisible walls are you living in? What invisible walls surround you? Now, some of you may be thinking, well, if you know, if this is true, if Aldous Huxley's quote is true and people don't know they're a victim and believe they're free, how can you get around this? How can you avoid this? One, by taking responsibility. Two I called this out early on in the episode about safety. If you're not making the progress that you want, something's up, or that's the key and only way to know that safety is violated. So if you've got invisible walls or you don't know you're a victim, you know if you're able to move forward or not, which means you should take a a second look at the world, at yourself, at what's possible. So the victim of mind manipulation does not know that he's a victim. To him, the walls of his prison are invisible, and he believes himself to be free. This is also where community comes in, because your community will tell you very quickly, dude, you're in an invisible cage. You're stopped. You need to do something else. I saw this change in you. Why aren't you doing this? I believe in you more. You've got more capability than this. That's the power of community. We're almost done, folks. Almost done with this list. In fact, I've got three more here. We're all victims of what life deals out. It's how we handle it that's important. Nora Roberts. We all go through situations that give us pause, that stop us, that knock us off the horse. The trick is what we do afterwards victims will always say, oh, I was knocked off the horse. I'll never, ever get on the horse again. People responsible was like, damn it, I was knocked off the horse. I'm not going to stop trying until I learn to ride the horse. See that difference? To me, that's what Nora's saying here. It's how we handle things that's the differentiator. We all go through stuff. We've got more in common than we do in difference. We all have pain. We all have heartache. We've all lost people to the coronavirus. It's how we deal with that. That separates the responsible people from the victims. All right, this one from Danilo Kiss. You can't play the role of a victim all your life without becoming one in the end. I think this is really powerful. And to me, this is the slippery slope of victimhood. Because if you act a certain way your whole life, at some point, you're going to believe it. At a certain point, other people are going to believe it. And that's simply not the case. I believe in you more than that. If you don't have the belief in yourself... I do. I'm telling you right now, you're not a victim. Don't play the role. Don't be happy with the trappings of victimhood. There's more to life for you. There's more to be had. There's more to be gained. If not for yourself, think about the people that you could potentially impact. Again, your strengths, your tools aren't necessarily just to fix your broken pieces. You have the opportunity to impact the world. To me, that's the saddest part about this quote from Danilo Kiss. You can't play the role of victim all your life without becoming a victim in the end. All that says to me is don't be a victim your whole life. That's simple. All right, last one, and I do love this one. We are not victims of the world we see. We are victims of the way we see the world. Shirley MacLaine, is anyone else surprised by that? Clearly some folks aren't. Amazing, and I thought this was the absolute best way to end this section on victimhood and conventional wisdom. Now, to me, that's everything that I've been talking about. That's every bit of the responsibility of being great, of having power, of having control, of being able to contribute to where you want to go. It oftentimes is just a matter of the way you see the world. Much like we're talking with Aldous Huxley and the invisible walls, it's the way you see the world. Now, you don't know what you don't know. How can you see the world differently? Make different choices. I said it and I meant it. If you don't like what you see, choose differently. That's how all three of these things come together. Folks, I've been on soapboxes, I've gotten passionate, and I thank you. So those were 30 quotes, right? 30 quotes in a very short amount of time on choice, responsibility, and victim. I called it conventional wisdom. It may just be wisdom. You can call it whatever you want, but there's power here. We're going to wrap things up right after this commercial break. All right. Welcome back, folks. I don't know. Are, are you pumped? up? Is, is it just me? I don't know. I'm, I'm perspiring just a little bit. It could be because I'm wearing a hat and it's kind of warm today. But I'd rather think that it's the awesomeness of the conversation that we just had. Sharing that conventional wisdom, those 30 quotes on choice, responsibility, and being a victim. Now, here's what I think is so awesome about having this conversation. Being responsible is a choice. Being a victim or falling prey to victim mentality is a choice. That's why this topic and this podcast are so important. They aren't necessarily three mutually distinct items. They're related, and I think you got that with some of the quotes. There was a lot of overlap. Now, I covered a lot of really cool really powerful, insightful, thought-provoking quote during this episode. And I know some resonated more than others. I'm curious, which ones resonated with you? Which ones surprised you? Let me know. Send me an email, leave it on a post, a direct message, however you can connect with me, connect with me. I'm really curious because I know that not every quote resonated with every person. That's what makes me curious. I'm even willing to concede that for some, someone, somewhere, none of the quotes that I shared resonated. However, if you take the time to explore why certain ones did resonate and other ones fell flat, you will position yourself to thrive in the transition. And that was my goal here today to share some conventional wisdom, to get you thinking about where you are and how you might choose differently. Before I bring this episode to a close, I've got a couple very important questions for you. Now I already asked a couple, here are three more. One, what's the most pressing choice facing you right now? It's not until we actually think about what that choice is that things can make sense or fall in line. What's the most pressing choice facing you right now? Two, what areas of your life can you be more responsible for? My assertion that for most of us, there is a certain area of your life somewhere, no matter how big or how small, that you can be more responsible for. That thing that you've been trying to achieve but can't seem to, that decision that you've been putting off, that relationship that you've decided to no longer nurture, whatever it is from whatever part of your life, what area of your life can you be more responsible for? And then number three, this is a biggie. What does being a victim provide to you? What does being a victim provide to you? My assertion, my thought, my postulation, if you will, is that in order for someone to voluntarily be a victim, to take a backseat in their own lives, there has to be a benefit. There has to be a payoff. You have to be getting something from that situation to allow it to happen. For me, and yes, I know you're not me, I'm riding on the fact that we do have more in common than we do in difference. So for me, not having any input into where I go with my life would be devastating unless there was a payout far bigger than me taking responsibility. So the question, what does being a victim provide to you? Maybe it's comfort, security, you, you know that role, you play it really well. I don't know. I'm just throwing out stuff. I'm curious. So again, share with me the answers to those three questions. If you've never thought about those questions or answered them, absolutely, please do. That's why I asked them. I didn't ask them just to ask them. I, I want to know. My goal is to connect and demonstrate that we've got more in common than indifference. You know that. But part of my goal is also to help. By answering those three questions, I want to empower you to make better choices so you can ultimately reach your goals, whatever those goals are. That's it. I'm done. Let's wrap this one up. So that brings us to the end of Thriving in the Transition Episode 13. Thanks for joining and thanks for allowing me the opportunity to be myself. If you're getting something from this podcast, leave us that rating of five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and add us to the list of other great podcasts you listen to. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Logic Consulting, L-O-G-I-Q Consulting. Also, follow me on Instagram at Logic Coach, L-O-G-I-Q underscore Coach. Also, follow me on Spotify at GQ Down. And not just the podcast. Follow me there as well. That's uber, uber, super duper important. Also, follow me on the music side. There's this amazing Thriving in the Transition playlist. That puts together so many great songs from the guests of the show, as well as other songs, again, with the premise, if you were to dedicate that song to yourself, you'd be in a better place. Do that. Check it out. Reach out to me on LinkedIn at DJ Will Rock. Don't forget to follow the YouTube channel, Thriving in the Transition. Don't forget to check out the website, www.thrivinginthetransition.com. You can get all the podcast episodes right from that Webpage. Lastly, if you're interested in supporting this podcast to help us grow and develop, there's a sponsorship button on the homepage on anchor.fm www.anchor.fm forward slash TITT for thriving in the transition. Again, look for the support button. Most importantly, don't keep this a secret. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers. Yell it out the window when you're doing that graduation parade for the seniors of 2020. Wish them good luck. Wish them the ability to get together soon. But also tell them, you should listen to Thrive in the Transition. It's going to be critical as you face adulthood. Yeah, go ahead and do that. That's it, folks. Until the next episode. Cheers. Have a great day.